Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 22nd of June, 2023. Alles Gutes zum Geburtstag, zu mich. Es ist meinem Geburtstag. I'm horrible at German. But the words I got in there, anyway, it's my birthday, and I can cry if I want to. But I'm not going to cry. I'm going to do a show. Although, if you read my column today at townhall.com, you'll see that I was crying yesterday. And I'm still laboring over that. It's right here and sealed. And I'm not really sure if you don't know what it is. Look it up at townhall.com. Anyway, I appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. Happy birthday to me. Thanks for all the wishes and the tweets and the um, emails and the gifts and all of that. I really appreciate it. Oh, I had that uh, virtual physical. Somebody wrote, who was it? Was it Michelle that wrote me? Somebody wrote me about the virtual physical and making fun of it. Virtual physical, virtual. Oh, it sure felt literal. It sure felt literal. Michelle, I knew it would be Michelle, filled me up with air just in an unpleasant experience. But, you know, good news, good results. So anyway, thank goodness for that. Ain't cheap, but, you know, health ain't cheap. Anyway. We've got a lot of stuff to get to and as much time as we need to get to it, but I'm going to try and make this as quickly as possible because, well, it's my birthday. Well, actually, tomorrow's my birthday as I record this, but still, you get the idea of it. There were two major stories up there on Capitol Hill yesterday that um, really, you just sit there and you realize that we are not going to be able to get along with Democrats. We are not going to be able to get along with Democrats. And I honestly, I'm okay with that. I don't want to get along with these people. If this is who they are, if this is how they are, I don't want anything to do with them. They're gross. I'm not talking your run-of-the-mill Democrat voter or anything like that. I'm talking about your, your Democrat politician. They are gross people. And they are disinterested in any semblance of the truth or reality or anything of, the ne- of that sort. And with that in mind, I just don't want, I don't like sharing a country with them. They are butchering and bastardizing what made this country great, what made this country unique. What I find most annoying about the left is all these places that they, all the things they want to do in this country, do to this country, exist somewhere else. They exist in all sorts of configurations across the globe. They could easily go there. And on local levels, they exist. They exist. So they have California, for example. They always say, it's the fifth largest economy in the world, the fifth largest economy in the world. That's great. Why are people leaving? If it's so wonderful, if it's just about the economy size, why are people fleeing it? It sounds like utopia. They're not fleeing because they're afraid of earthquakes. They're not fleeing because, oh my goodness, they're afraid it's going to fall into the ocean or there would be a wildfire come along and sweep them up. No, they're leaving because the way government exists and the progressive policies that have been implemented in that state make it wildly uncomfortable to live in. They do. It does. It's unbearable. If it's this paradise on earth, people wouldn't flee from it. 
but people are fleeing from it. Hell, illegal aliens are like, I don't want to go to California. Ugh, I'd much rather be in Tijuana. So they have what they want. They could move to Philadelphia. If you notice, they're not, they move from blue states to red states. They don't move from blue areas to other blue areas. They reckon there is no major exodus from California up to Portland or Seattle going, well, you know what? Let us just go north, young man. That's uh, instead of going west, young man, Horatio Alger, let's go north, young man, or young non-birthing person or whatever the hell they're calling men these days. But no, they are fleeing for redder pastures. Why? Because things are better there. Things are better there. And that's what's the problem with the Democratic voter, the average Democratic voter. They don't seem to realize what they're voting for. There is no connection between the smoking and the ability or inability to run up a flight of stairs. Right? They they can't make that connection in their reptilian brain. Hey, we've had Democrats roll this city, control this city for 60 plus years, and every now we're just death rate, murder rate going up and up, crime rates. In Washington, D.C., there's something like uh, four carjackings or something like that for every square block or something. It's something ridiculous like that. There's a record number of, of carjackings in Washington, D.C. And why? Because they kind of decriminalized carjackings. And they're just going, oh, I don't get it. Boy, where did we go wrong? Well, I have an idea. Electing idiot leftist progressive Democrats. Not, look, there were at a point, there was at a point anyway, sane-ish Democrats. Swear to God, there really were. They don't exist anymore. They're gone. <laughs> They're just gone. Where did they go? I don't know. Maybe they all became Republicans. Who the hell knows? But it is telling that these people existed at one point, and then they got the F out of Dodge as quickly as possible. They went to red states. Well, actually, what happened to them? And this was, you know, the Democrats were, um, they always accuse Republicans of this. That's how I even thought of this. But it's, one of those things that you need to be aware of, because if it hasn't happened in a state near you, it probably could. Democrats became wildly successful at electing Democrats in various states. And then every 10 years, you get to redistrict. They always accuse Republicans of this. And they gerrymandered the hell out of it. They gerrymandered the hell out of it. They made, for example, here in Maryland, what are there? There's nine districts or 12 districts. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think there are nine districts. And there were three Republicans and six Democrats before. And now there's one, one Republican. And the rest are Democrats. That's it. How did that happen? Well, they redistricted eight congressional districts. And there's one Republican. There used to be, I think we lost a seat. But there's one Republican in the first district, the Eastern Shore. They couldn't find a way to eliminate all Republicans. Now, what they did was they found a way to eliminate two of the three Republicans in the delegation by redrawing lines that actually make no sense. They drew them so it looks like somebody sneezed on a wet Rorschach test. It is a mess. But they created pretty safe Democrat districts in seven out of the eight cases. Well, guess what that means? If there's no real threat of 
you just put a Democrat on the ballot and the Democrat's going to win. There's no threat to have a sane Democrat. There's no reason to have a sane Democrat. You're dealing with primary voters anyway who are already sort of naturally inclined to be radical left-wing lunatics. And so they just go, okay, we'll, uh, we'll elect a Jamie Raskin. Jamie Raskin represents Montgomery County, and yes, Montgomery County is a left-wing county, but it could have that district could have been drawn more rationally. More look, the people along the border of Chevy Chase and Potomac and Bethesda—they're filthy rich. They have nothing in common with the people in Rockville. Nothing in common with the people in Rockville. But the people in Chevy Chase, Bethesda, and Potomac, while keeping out the people in Rockville, control the politicians that govern over Rockville. They're safe. They can impose a Jamie Raskin. Jamie Raskin probably wouldn't win in an honest primary that just included Rockville or Germantown or some sort of blue-collar area there. It just wouldn't. But because the primary voters tend to be more progressive and uh, the voters that tend to have more money tend to show up in higher numbers and they also donate in higher numbers, you end up with a Jamie Raskin. That's it. Period. End of story. It's that simple. So you end up where you get more radical, get more Democrats and more radical. The safer the Democrat seat, the more radical the Democrats can safely become. And that's happening all the time. And so when it comes time to sort of course correct or even contemplate a course correction, you can't do it. You can't. Who is Jamie Raskin going to say, hey, look, I am crazy. Not only am I goofy looking and always have hair that seems wet, I'm a bad person and I need to be challenged out of this seat. Hell no, he's not going anywhere. He might run for Senate, but he'll be replaced by somebody even more radical than him. Probably, you know, he's in a couple of cycles, he's going to be dismissed because he's not trans. And maybe he'll become trans. I mean, he seems like the type of guy who would do anything to maintain power. But you look at the situation that you have there, and you're just going to get a crazier person. Look at the mayor of Chicago. You got rid of Lori Lightweight. Baby Yoda ran in that city into the ground. Was a disaster. And the people said, we've had enough. And then they elected somebody worse. And it's like, what did you what did you think was going to happen? It's like you're, uh, the bad analogy, and kids never drive drunk. It's like getting in a car and you're just absolutely schnockered. You're just wasted off your ass. And everybody, your other three buddies are wasted too. And somebody gets behind the wheel and they smash the car into a tree. Not going too far. Oh, man. All right. I hit that tree. Yeah, let's, let's get Eddie in the passenger seat literally in the act of throwing up or unconscious from drink let's get him to drive because i've i've hit the tree like well yeah you hit the tree but eddie is clinically dead he's got alcohol it's not an upgrade if you get somebody worse you're just going somebody doing the same thing a different person doing the same thing is going to end up with the same results and you're just going to be further down the road so things are going to be worse but you just sit there and you watch this and you go this is the world that we live in this is what Democrats have created. And they look at it and they watch the people flee and they go, geez, why is everybody going to Texas? Texas is horrible. Texas is largely flat. And I know it's not all flat. Don't send any nasty emails, you people from Texas. Texas is a lovely state, but I'm just saying. I spent a lot of time in Montana. Montana is a gorgeous state on the western half. The eastern half is flat. Look, 
don't go there. But you go to Texas or you're going to Florida, like you're going for the humidity in Florida and California, you get a couple of weeks with humidity. Otherwise, you get really nice weather, particularly in Southern California. But out in Florida, you get a couple of weeks of good weather and everything else is you just got to take a shower. Why would people do that? It's because they're fleeing the regulatory state and the tax scheme. They realize they're fleeing the homelessness and the junkies and the lawlessness and the threat of crime. But they don't seem to realize that next step. They can't take that next step where those things came from. Why is it that the fifth largest economy in the plan- on the planet can have the highest amount of homeless people and junkies and everything. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I don't know. Well, do you think maybe the policies have given them needles and crack pipes? Maybe that's, I don't know, encouraging them just a, just a skosh, just a teensy-weensy bit or something? No, they can't make that connection. So I fear we're going to have to make a disconnection soon, to be honest with you. Because today's news is really honestly all about the disconnect between the left and the right. One side lives on earth in the real world and the other side does not. We start with the hearing of special counsel John Durham was up on Capitol Hill. I'm not going to play a lot of his testimony. Honestly, the Durham report was damning. It should have disturbed everybody that a president of the United States was investigated using the power of the federal government simply because his political opponents didn't like him. That's that's un-American. That is fascistic. It's terrible. It's awful. And people should have gone to jail for that. But they won't. They won't even be charged. They won't even be condemned by their friends who know that they did this. And so Durham went up there. And this happens all the time. The Democrats have absolutely no interest in what he has to say. Cory Bush took a few moments away from chewing and swallowing food to claim that it was uh, white supremacy because she's a one-trick pony. Actually, she's a one-trick full-size horse. Uh, Typical. There wasn't a Democrat up there that took this seriously. A violation of our most basic of principles and the abuse of power by our government. And not a single Democrat gave a damn as exemplified by Adam Schiff. My God, what an unpleasant human being in every way, shape, or form. I have to, I've never smelled the man, but in the sight and sound category, it is just this side of an outhouse, so I can't imagine it's much better on the, maybe he uses a really nice shampoo, but I haven't seen Joe Biden sniff him, so what the hell do I know? He was up there questioning Durham about the report, and um, Adam Schiff is still trying to pretend that there was Russian collusion. Part of it is, well, there was a meeting at the Trump Tower with the Russians, Russian. Fusion GPS, the Democratic research firm, set that up. They used a undercover sort of Russian tool of theirs to set up this meeting promising they had dirt on hillary clinton and would you want dirt well of course who wouldn't want dirt on hillary clinton where's this dirt from i have proof that your opponent murdered a guy oh really where did that come from oh it came from somebody who was uh, you know in iran well no i don't want it then i don't care we'll let hillary clinton get away with murder 
because the source of the information would be unseemly. No, I don't think you really care. If you've ever watched a trial on court TV or are familiar with trials, most people are convicted because of evidence put forth by really other truly horrible people. Just is. They roll in packs. So if you're going to get information on Hillary, who knows why they wanted to do it? Maybe Hillary pissed them off or something. You take it from where it came from. And the Clintons roll with bad people. They just do. But there was nothing to it. It was a phony setup. And so the meeting lasted all about five minutes. But Adam Schiff makes it seem as though there was a personal dispatch from Vladimir Putin to the Trump campaign with a wink and a nod and a finger by the side of the nose and whatever to make it seem as though this was really nefarious and this was in fact Russian collusion when in fact it was really collusion with a Democrat plant. I could see why he would think it was Russian collusion, but Durham wouldn't have it. Because if you remember good old Adam Schiff, while he's sitting there whining about getting information from a foreign government, foreign sources, a hostile foreign government. Oh, it's terrible, it's terrible, terrible. Adam Schiff was caught in a prank by a Russian radio show, morning show, promising him dirt on Donald Trump, including naked Donald Trump uh, videos of him with prostitutes. And Adam Schiff was all too happy to get that information. He ended up looking like an idiot, but when you're a Democrat, that's a step up. So, Durham, he's attacking Durham, criticizing Durham, and Durham throws that right back in his face, and Schiff, Schiff, good old Schiff, doesn't know what to do. Was informed that a Russian official was offering the Trump campaign, quote, very high-level and sensitive information, unquote, that would be incriminating of Hillary Clinton was part of, quote, Russia and its government support of Mr. Trump. You aware of that? Sure, people get phone calls all the time from uh, individuals who claim to have information like that. Really, the son of a presidential candidate gets calls all the time from a foreign government offering dirt on their opponent? Is that what you're saying? I don't think this is unique in your experience. Uh, uh, so you, uh, you have other instances of the Russian government offering dirt? You can hear the people in the background laughing. They knew exactly what was going on. It's just like, yeah, no. You got a call. You thought it was from Russia. You believed it was from Russian intelligence sources, and you immediately took that phone call, Adam. You immediately took that phone call. This is right up there with Jamie Raskin being the lead person. Oh, how dare they? they Donald Trump tried to deny the election. Any election denial is wrong. It's a threat to our democracy when four years earlier, his very first, very first act as a member of Congress was to object to the certification of the 2016 election. Why? Because of this Russian hoax. He claimed, now I don't believe that, I believe Jamie Raskin is evil. I don't believe he's stupid. He claimed that he believed that there was Russian collusion. He still claims that he believes, he still claims that there was Russian collusion. There wasn't. What's sick is Adam Schiff went on MSNBC right after this little hearing, after this disaster, this debacle, making himself look like a complete ass clown, and he wasn't asked about it remotely. It didn't come up. They treated him as a conquering hero. Why? Because he lied for the cause. There is no higher calling in life than lying for the cause of progressivism. You can do whatever you want. You can, you can be Jeffrey Epstein. 
you write a big enough check, it's okay. Just don't get arrested. Don't get too cocky. And boom, he did. And so suddenly he, he killed himself. <laughs> it just, these people make me sick. And I'm not sure how you live in a world, in a country, how you share a country with somebody who so differently views not the world, because the world is what's going on and how you interpret it. It's what's going on. It's the re it's reality. A tree falls down. You go, oh, the tree fell down. And they're going, no, the tree didn't fall down. That didn't happen. What are you talking about? No, it didn't happen. And we must go on and act as though it did not happen. No, but it, it fell down. Okay, there was a massive investigation. There was Carter Page had his phones tapped by the federal government. That federal government lied to the courts, to the FISA court, saying that it was Russian. It was a Russian agent, even though they knew, they knew full well that he had done work for the CIA against Russia. He knew that he was a, an American asset against Russia. And they didn't care. The consequences for that was one guy, one guy got a, uh, he got a, he lost his law license for like a, a year or something like that. He's got his law license back. The one guy who, who falsified the FISA warrant application got suspended, got his law license suspended for a year. And that's it. That was the consequence for violating the civil rights of a man who'd actually served this country honorably. Honorably went to the Naval Academy on top of it. Honorably served this country. They lied about him to get a finger and camel's nose under the tent in the Trump world. And there isn't a single Democrat who gives a damn. There isn't a single Democrat who gives a damn. Oh, you talk about, hey, we're going to do some forensic accounting on BLM Antifa. we got to figure out where the hell that $100 million went. And they'll scream bloody murder. The federal government is abusing itself. They're going after poor black and brown people, even though it's, you know, Antifa is mostly rich, white, suburbanite trust fund kids. Oh, they're going against poor black and brown. How dare they? This is an outrage. Racism, typical, typical, typical. Huh. Maybe we should find out how it is that uh, say somebody declares there to be a, uh, a some kind of injustice and suddenly everybody from around the country shows up that cop city so-called cop city over in georgia outside of atlanta cop city now it happens there oh they don't want it the left doesn't want it there are riots police are attacked police are att some guy who shot at police gets shot and killed and the left goes that's just because somebody's trying to kill you is no reason to be mean to them. And they riot again. And guess what? The majority of the arrests were people from out of town. How in the hell? Not only out of town, out of state. How is it that BLM Antifa is able to operate exactly the way a terrorist organization operates, but without the designation, without the, the fear of their communications being tapped their bank records being even investigated who funds these people are they literally all trust fund babies or is there big donors on the left that view value in chaos 
and they're shuffling money around. The bail funds. Oh, we've got to get these sweet, innocent people out of prison. Well, there's the video of this person beating somebody with a baseball bat. Yeah, but that could have been taken out of context. It doesn't matter. Oh, you're you're accidentally releasing child molesters and child rapists with your bail fund. Accidentally? I don't think so. The accidents don't happen. It's not an accident when something always happens in one direction. If something always favors Democrats, it's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It's a plan. It's the idea behind it. That's what's going on there. So you watch all of this crap and you just go, I can't live with these people. You watch Durham testify. Durham was looked at as an honest man. He's an honest broker. And now what is he? He's a monster. He's terrible. Why? Because he drew conclusions based on evidence and investigation that Democrats find inconvenient. And so they sat there and lied on television about it for hours. There will be no consequence for lying on television for hours for Democrats. There simply will not be any consequences for it. Adam Schiff is running for the United States Senate in the state of California. There is no movement now of looking at what Adam Schiff did today and going, you know what, we really need to talk to Adam Schiff as a party. We can't have somebody beclowning themselves like this out there. We can't do it. It's an embarrassment. Stay in the house. Drop out of the race. You, uh, you, you don't belong in the Senate. It's an embarrassment. No, there is none of that. There is none of that. The party is so far gone that if somebody actually did that sort of moment like they did with Barry Goldwater going to the White House and telling Nixon, look, you don't have the votes in the, the Senate. You're going to be convicted. You're going to be removed from office. Your best bet is to resign. If there was word that somebody went to Adam Schiff and said, look, dude, the years of lying and abusing your position as chair of the Intelligence Committee and going out there and using that title to lie to the American people for political gain, for partisan political gain, it's just, you're too damaged. You can't, you shouldn't run for the Senate. That person would be run out of town on a rail. Adam Schiff is a hero. Meanwhile, Dianne Feinstein who has a long and storied career of being a liberal hero, actually is not going to be afforded the opportunity to resign or to uh, retire with dignity to fill out her term. She wants to finish out her term. She's capable of doing it. The requirements aren't that tough. And yet every Democrat is out there going, she needs to resign. She needs to resign. She's, She's too much of a detriment. Why? Because she's elderly? Because she's a woman? Is the Democratic Party now suddenly all Don Lemons? Oh, she's past her prime. She's past, she's double past her birth and years. She's of no use to, no, it's that she's of no use to them. Has nothing to do with her age. If she were able to walk down the halls and spew left-wing talking points and willing to sit there and go, you know what, that girl over there with that penis is a mighty fine woman and every bit the woman that I am, then she would be a hero in good standing for the Democrats. She's almost all the way progressive. She Remember when she famously, was it probably four or five years ago, lectured a group of leftist kids brought to her office from California in the Senate, and they were talking about, you got to act, you got to act on climate change, you're going to kill us all. And she basically said, that's not how it works, and you guys need to calm down. 
that pissed off the left. That pissed off the left. Their 99.9% friend is their 100% enemy. They see an opportunity to get rid of her. They supported a challenge to her last time, six years ago, when she five years ago when she was up. She beat it back. She won. She didn't win by a lot, but she won, and that's all that matters. She beat a Hispanic woman candidate that the Democrats were putting their hopes on to try and get rid of this person who was their 0.01% disagreer. The Nazis and their Nuremberg purity laws about blood were less strict than Democrats are when it comes to the idea of ideological purity. Oh, did you say? Yes, I did. To illustrate a point, show me how I'm wrong. Can you live with that? So then we go over to the uh, Senate side today, where there was a hearing on transgender sports, and it's the most important. It's the most important issue in the world, don't you know? The left has really just gone all in on this. It's bizarre how they have, but they have. They don't know what a woman is anymore. They don't know what a man is. It's weird because there's not a whole bunch of people going and worrying about, you know, trans men. They're not dominating male sports. But trans girls are dominating male sport or female sports. And so up there on the hill was Riley Gaines testifying. She was the one who was competing against uh, Leah Thomas. And another person up there was Kelly Robinson. Kelly Robinson is from the Human Rights Campaign. According to her bio on that website, she uses she, her pronouns. She is the president of the Human Rights Campaign and the Human Rights Campaign Foundation. A double paycheck. Lots of money rolling into Kelly Robinson. The Human Rights Campaign is a gay rights advocate group. Kelly Robinson is the ninth president of the Human Rights Campaign, the first black queer woman to lead the organization. Oh, so historic. The Human Rights Campaign is America's largest civil rights organization working to achieve equality and liberation for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people, which all could have been covered by saying gay. But they can't. Democrats love segregation. And I didn't have to mention, because they did, that Kelly Robinson is a woman of color. Well, Kelly Robinson was up there testifying on the Hill about how there is no difference whatsoever betwixt and between men and women. They're all the same. And so I believe this is Senator John Kennedy asking about men and women's sports, boys and girls' sports, and the difference between the two. And uh, Ms. Robinson tries to make a point. Oh, well, Venus and Serena Williams could kick any man's butt. No. If by any man you mean this one, yeah, absolutely. At tennis, I suck at tennis. They would kill me. It wouldn't even be fun to watch. It would be humiliating. Even for them, it would be so bad. But Novak Djokovic, if you had to bet your mortgage, if you had to bet your mortgage on a match between either one of the Williams sisters and Djokovic, who'd you put the money on? Who'd you put the money on? I'm not saying it's, well, Djokovic, obviously. Djokovic, I believe, is the obvious choice. But you might stop for a second. You would stop for a second and go, 
well, I mean, these are the best women. I don't know if they're number one anymore, but if, even in their prime, you go, these are the best women that are out there. So, yeah, but still, Djokovic, Djokovic's better. That would be the right answer. Well, it turns out that Kelly Robinson doesn't know as much about <laughs> the history of the Williams sisters as Riley Gaines does. Listen to this exchange, and then Riley Gaines is asked at the end. Women you don't some that believe are that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as a, a definitive statement. Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think... How, how, how many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, and it's just not the case. She is stronger James, than that. What's your experience, Ben? Male, female. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Yeah, they lost. And I thought, well, I hadn't heard that before. The 203rd ranked male? How can that's right up there with the U.S. women's national soccer team getting their rear ends handed to them by a high school soccer team in Texas, which did happen. The best women in the entire country lost to the young boys from one high school. It wasn't even the whole state. Well, so I did some searching. Tennisnow.com. Very dedicated to tennis website. The headline, it's from, I guess there's no date on this, but you can find it if you just search for it. The headline is, The Man Who Beat Venus and Serena Back to Back. What? No, I hadn't heard of this. That's a little bit a long time ago. It's a little ways ago. But they were much younger than him. When you get older, no matter how good you are, you you peak. And then you start to go down. The Battle of the Sexes returned to the big screen this year. The feature film on the famed 1973 match between Hall of Famers Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs hit theaters on September 22nd, 44 years after it became one of the most widely viewed sporting events of its time. More than 30,000 fans attended the match, blah, blah, blah. A quarter century after King beat Riggs in the Battle of the Sexes, which we later found out Riggs threw because he'd bet on King to make some extra money. Uh, the 203rd ranked German Karsten Brasch, B-R-A-A-S-C-H, beat Serena Williams and Venus Williams back-to-back at the 1998 Australian Open. Like I said, it was a while ago. But the Williams sisters were at the top of the game for a long time. Tennis writer Harvey Filikov caught up with the 50-year-old Brash, the second seed, at the ITF's Senior World Individual 50s draw in Flamingo Park to recall the day he swept a 16-year-old Serena and the 16th-ranked Venus in succession without even unleashing his first serve, which means he did not hit the ball as hard as he could. Okay, Serena's 16 years old. Venus was number 16 in the world at the time, fast on her way to becoming number one. He was 203rd amongst men, and he decimated them. Does that sound a little bit like Leah Thomas? Doesn't it? 
He's not, what, number 200 and something as a male swimmer. And then suddenly he tucks it back, becomes more aerodynamic, and he's one of the top female swimmers in the country. But no, there's no difference between the genders. None whatsoever. I didn't know that before. Thanks to Riley Gaines for tipping me off about that. Now comes an an exchange between Ted Cruz and, again... Kelly Robinson, human rights campaign. This is one of the things that drives me nuts. Uh, This wasn't the case when I was up on Capitol Hill. There weren't that many. Conrad Burns wasn't on many committees that got, he's on like, the committees he uh, was on didn't really rate national coverage and they weren't doing serious investigations or anything. So, you know, most committees, like the Agriculture Committee, what are they going to do? What are they going to call? I'm going to drag up the Secretary of Agriculture and find out what the hell the Secretary of Agriculture does. And we'll get to the bottom of it. Well, the odds are the Secretary of Agriculture won't be super squirrely about what the hell's going on and what they do for a living, right? But there are other times now, especially now, that you watch a hearing and all you really want to do is smack somebody across the face with a dead fish. All you really want... Because you hear this all the time. We've got to hold Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress because he was in contempt of Congress. He refused to answer questions. He refused to turn over documents. Hunter Biden's refusing to under- turn over documents. That's different. He's not Steve Bannon. Oh, okay. The, there are Democrat after Democrat after Democrat up there going up there. Hell, Jennifer Granholm a couple of weeks ago flat out lied, committed perjury. I don't own individual stocks. I mean, except for all the individual stocks that my husband owns that are traded just miraculously at the right time. But other than that, you know, the ones we make money on, but other than the ones we make a lot of money on, we don't, uh, we don't own individual stocks. That's, that's perjury. You'd be in trouble for that if you weren't a Democrat. That little D in that parentheses is not a D. It's a tiny little shield with a handle, and you just push it forward, and it deflects everything if you have that after your name. You get away with everything. So this woman, Kelly Robinson, If I were in charge, I would charge her with contempt of Congress. because And everybody who refuses to answer questions. Now, maybe you you can't throw them in jail. You don't throw them in jail. Maybe you get them to spend a weekend in jail or do some community service. You find them or you find their organizations or whatever it is. But there has to be a way to look at these idiots who absolutely refuse to answer. You're there. You're there to testify. The concept of testimony is somebody asks you a question and you answer it, and you're refusing to do that because you find what you're asked and the answer you would have to give to it to be inconvenient to to your political agenda. I'm sorry. Tough. That's what happens in this clip where Kelly Robinson refuses to just, just acknowledge that there are differences between men and women. She could say no. She doesn't think there are differences between men and women. But she's trying to have it both ways. And if you refuse to answer, look, you can plead the fifth all you want. That's the beauty of the Fifth Amendment. But you don't get to plead the fifth to some questions and not to others. If she doesn't want to answer questions, she can't answer any questions. The second she starts answering questions, she should be obligated to answer all the questions. It's one of the things that happens at trial. It should be no different than you testify before Congress. Listen to this and see how infuriating these people are. Ms. Robinson, do you agree with Ms. Gaines that there's a difference between women and men? 
If the question is about trans women... I'm just asking, is there a difference between women and men? I mean, what I can say here is that the NCAA has rules in place. They've had rules in place for the last decade, and when this competition okay, okay, happened, I'm, I'm try the again. rules were clear. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? It, it's a yes-no question. It, is, it, do you believe there's a difference? Oh, I think that we're talking about this case with the NCAA. No, I'm asking a question. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? Most I, people could answer this very simply. I, I'm curious if you're willing to do so. Oh, absolutely. I'm just putting it into the context of the conversation that, yes? that we're having. I think that there are definitions related to sex. So I'm trying to get a yes or no. I'm not trying to get, get a speech. Oh, I, is I'm, there a difference between women and men? I think that there are definitions for biological sex. Okay, so you're not answering that. Let me gender. ask you this question then. Why do women's sports exist? If you can't define a difference between women and men, why not abolish women's sports and just tell little girls to swim with little boys and see who wins? Oh, I'm simply saying that... Um, that sex My is question, than gender. Why and I do, do believe why that women's, women's sports, sports have a great exist? value. I mean, Senator, I'll M tell you M right Ms. now. Ms. Robinson, please answer the question I'm asking you. Absolutely. Why do women's sports exist? I think that there are so many positive benefits to sports. But I mean, why have a separate category for women? If, if, you, if there's no difference between women and men, why to have women's sports? I'm saying that there's a difference between sex and gender and that the NCAA has rules in place, which they have for the so last Mr. decade. Mr. Chairman, I, I would like to enter into the record an, an article from Duke, Duke Law called Comparing Athletic Performances for the Best Elite Women to Boys and Men. She can't do it. She can't answer a basic question. This is what drives me nuts about the left. They just won't answer a basic question. I don't care. If you say, no, there's no difference between men and women, that's fine. I, you're wrong. I think you're crazy, but it's fine. That's what you think. It's the refusal to answer, and it's the refusal, because why? Because they don't want people to know what they really think. They don't want to talk about what they really think. They want to lie. They want to obfuscate. They want to pretend. They want to just skirt along. They don't want you to know what they're up to. They don't want you to know what they're thinking, what they're doing. They also don't want to offend their donor base. And so you end up with this exchange where you're just like, there's, there's no purpose to having this person there. This person is holding Congress in contempt. This person should be held in contempt of Congress. It's the way I see it. That's it's just unless it, otherwise, there's no point to congressional hearings. Honestly, if there's no repercussions for flat out BSing your way through, for lying about all this, if there's nothing, there's no punishment. There's no then why not do it? Why not do it? And then you have to wonder what the point is in the first place. Anyway, it just drives me nuts drives me nuts. That's enough for today because it's my birthday. I demand that you go out and celebrate it for uh, me and go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast to check out the curse program tomorrow night. I mean, there'll be another show tomorrow. We're not done for the week, but I'm done for the day. I am uh, going to go do family stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great one. I'll see you tomorrow.